I'm Martha Maurer, and across from me is Mike Broomhead. Mike, the election was more than two weeks oh. ago. All the votes are counted, nearly all the races called, but today you're starting the show with an election lawsuit. Yeah, we had so much fun counting them the first time. Let's just count them again. <laughs> Why don't we just count them again? Thanks, Martha, and happy Thanksgiving Eve, everyone. Hope you've got a great day planned. If you're driving out of town, keep it locked here to KTAR News. We'll keep you updated on all the things you need to know, including traffic and the news throughout the day, so keep it locked here. Also, download the, download that KTAR News app. It'll inform you when things happen, and you can either listen on your device or you can go directly to the website from there if there's a story you need to read. Um, we are going to start off with the election today. I will say if there is one person, and I, I don't necessarily think that there are many, but if there is one person who has a right to question the results of the Arizona election and file a lawsuit, I don't know that he's going to be successful. But Abe Hamaday... I believe has a reason to ask questions of Maricopa County. He's lead. Uh, he is losing by 510 votes to Chris Mays. We have over two and a half million votes cast in that race, and only 510 separate the two. Now, I don't know how successful he will be. I don't know if there's the possibility of what can be done about it. But if you're going to talk about what happened in Maricopa County that day with the mistakes that were made. And we had the issues at voting voting centers with printers and everything else. And I'll be honest, until we have an investigation into what happened, we can't lay blame at anybody's feet as far as – certainly can't say it was intentional. We have no idea what happened, and I'm sure there's going to be a full investigation as to what happened on Election Day. But we do know that on Election Day, it was very, very heavily Republican voters on Election Day. So – if you are going to talk about disenfranchised voters, I guess you'd have to have some proof. But with the number of votes cast in Maricopa County, over a million, I believe it was, um, and you have only a 550 vote, 510 vote statewide lead, I would say that if there's one person that has a place to be upset and ask questions, this would be Abe Hamaday. Now, I don't know that he will be successful. The problem I have with the way things are being handled, and I talked about this yesterday, and I'm going to continue to talk about this. Um, You've got one person that's been elected to office. She's a new – she will be a freshman representative in the House of Representatives. Her name is Liz Harris, who says she is not going to vote on anything, and um, she's proud of it. And I, I, you have a right – I guess you have a right to handle your life any way you want. But other people are going to be very critical because there is going to be a one-seat majority, depending on how these other races come out. And she is one of the uh, – the one of the elections that is being recounted right now. She is only about less than 300 votes ahead of her – uh, of uh, Julie Willoughby. So Liz Harris was declared the winner, but you're talking about two-tenths of a percentage point that she has won by. So there will be a recount in that race as well. Only a couple of hundred votes separate them. But if she holds on and she is the winner, we know at least because both of the two that are in this uh, tiebreaker are Republicans. So there will be a one-seat majority for the Republicans. And that is where um, that you know is going to be maintained unless one of the Republicans abstains from doing their job. So that's part of the issue. And here's the other one. Um, I want you to hear this story. The Maricopa County Republican Party chair, Mickey Nyland, says she no longer believes the examinations of voting tabulation machines go far enough to ensure public trust. So before the election happened, they did an examination and the machines were certified. Now the election is over 
and they do the certification to make sure that the machines behaved appropriately or they they worked adequately. And uh, her announcement came within minutes of an election lawsuit by Abe Hamaday. And so now they are questioning whether or not the machines work. I want elections to be fair. I want elections to be thorough. I want them to be done as quickly as possible. And then I want the results to stand, and I want everybody to be able to move on to what's next. So let's consider this like an NFL game for just a moment. And things now have been challenged. And so uh, Abe Hamaday has thrown the challenge flag, and it is now under review. There is going to be calls on the field that are overturned. There are also calls on the field that are um, confirmed. And there are calls on the field where the call stands because there wasn't evidence to overturn the call. Those are the three options in the NFL. And those are going to be the three options here, I believe. Either we are going to see a recount and we're going to see a shift. And another, and maybe Abe Hamaday ends up winning this race because it's so very narrow. Or... We are going to see something happen where there's evidence that is brought forth that there was illegality that happened. Or someone's going to say there's not enough evidence to say anything here. And then we need to be able to move on. Now, I know that's easier said than done for someone that's not a candidate. I fully appreciate the hard work that candidates do to run for an office. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm not diminishing any of that. But anybody that runs for an office will tell you when they're running that this isn't about me. This is about the people. I'm here to represent the voters in Arizona. I'm here to represent the people in Arizona. And at some point, you have to do what's best. One of the best quotes and comments about this I've heard throughout this election season, and I've had conversations on the air and off the air with people. I've talked with uh, uh, former governors, former elected officials, and um, Matt Salmon came on the show. Matt Salmon has a unique perspective. Matt Salmon not only is a former member of Congress. He was a gubernatorial candidate that lost a race by a very thin margin to Janet Napolitano. And he also has been the Republican Party chair, the AZ GOP chair in the state of Arizona. So he has a perspective that not many people do. Um, being on the losing end of a very, very tight race in, in the general election when Janet Napolitano won her first term as the governor in Arizona. And uh, he made a comment and said, you know, sometimes you've got to do what's best for Arizona, not for yourself. And you have to move on. And he conceded the election. It was very he said it was tough. It was horrible to lose that election. I remember talking to um, the late Senator John McCain when he lost the presidential election to Barack Obama. And he he uh, talked about it with humor. He you know, he was uh, his his famous joke about it was he said, you know, that on election night. After it was declared that I had lost, I slept like a baby. I woke up every two hours and cried. And and so he dealt with it with humor, but I know it was a difficult loss. Imagine being that close to the presidency. And so instead of the vitriolic nonsense that continues to happen, at what point do we – and I don't believe we're there, with Abe Hamaday especially – if there is one person, and we know that Tom Horn is in a runoff, I'm not sorry, a runoff, a recount, a mandatory recount with Kathy Hoffman, although he leads, same thing, about two and a half million votes have been cast, he's leading by almost 9,000. So that's going to be a bigger hill to climb, but it's within the margin of error. So imagine that. If 9,000 votes is within the margin of error where it's an automatic recount, 510 votes is nothing. 
to overcome and it's one to ask questions. Now, especially when you look at this and consider that in Maricopa County, the overwhelming number of voters on Election Day that went to the polls were Republican voters. And we know that because of the vote count on Election Day and how it was very heavy Republican. So if you're talking about that many votes being cast on Election Day with the tabulation machines and the printer errors that they had um, – and they had to put the 17,000 ballots went into drawer three. So if 17,000 voters were directly affected by this by having to drop their ballots into that box three, and all of those 17,000 were not issues with the printers, but the vast majority of them were, if that number – is that high? How many voters, and this if I was Abe Hamaday and his lawyers, I'd be asking, how many voters weren't able to vote? How many people were either on their way to work or on their way home from work or had to pick their kids up or had somewhere that they had to be and they couldn't wait for hours for their vote to be cast? Is it 510? Is it 800? Let's say it's 900 people. And the assumption is with the way that it went, is that enough? And the answer is probably not. What does he have to prove and then what can be done? He's filed a lawsuit, but I don't know the precedent or the ability to redo an election. No clue. You know, and I feel for the people on the county board of supervisors because they certainly didn't do anything intentionally. And there is a movement largely outside of Arizona of people that are calling these elections stolen and they're making threats against people. Bill Gates, the chairman, is sleeping elsewhere. And it just it, it defies logic that with everything else that's going on in the country, that these people on this board of supervisors and they couldn't do it alone. Couldn't possibly do it alone. You have to have so many people in on the conspiracy. You can't, people can't keep secrets of any kind for long periods of time. That's why a lot of the conspiracy theories that are out there, um, I don't subscribe to just based on logic. When people said 9-11 was an inside job, that one is a little bit infuriating to me because it just, I just, I don't know, it makes me angry when people say it. But just the logic of it, how many people... How many Americans would have to be involved in the lie to pull that off from the airports that were involved to the buildings that were hit to the people on the airplanes? All of these people would have to be in on it and no one share the secret with anyone. And I don't know how many people it would take to to uh, to do this to an election in Maricopa County, but it just it defies logic. So mistakes, yes. And if Abe Hamaday loses a race to someone else when he should have been the winner, he has every right to be upset. But we don't know that to be true. So let's get it done quickly and let's see who ends up the winner and let's see where these lawsuits go. Coming up in a moment, Dr. Fauci gives a press conference that goes off the rails. You're going to hear what he said about unvaccinated people next. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, happy Thanksgiving Eve. Heading out of town. Keep it locked here to KTAR News. We'll keep you informed, keep you entertained, hopefully, uh, on your drive out. Be patient with the other people on the road. Let's get there safe and sound, and we will get you updated with traffic reports as the morning goes on. We want to talk about Dr. Fauci and what's been said 
um, with uh, um, his final statements. He said possibly his final statements from that podium about COVID-19. And I find this to be interesting. He claims, he says, that the unvaccinated, the real danger is the people who have not been vaccinated. If we're going to see a problem this winter, it's going to be among those people. But then he also had this to say about COVID. So when I see people in this country because of the divisiveness in our country of not getting vaccinated for reasons that have nothing to do with public health, but have to do because of divisiveness and ideological differences, as a physician, it pains me because I don't want to see anybody get infected. I don't want to see anybody hospitalized and I don't want to see anybody die from COVID. Whether you're a far right Republican or a far left Democrat, it doesn't make any difference to me. So on one hand, he says the problem are the unvaccinated. Those people are the problem. And the only people that that is going to affect if you're unvaccinated is you. How how are you hurting other people? Because you still get COVID if you have the vaccine. I know many people that have been vaccinated and boosted and still get it. My problem here is this divide amongst us. We have had anti-vax people in this country for decades. What ended up happening and what still happens in some circles is when you disagree, you are demonized. That's where the problem lies lies for me that's where the problem lies when you demonize someone because they believe differently than you if you look back at what was said about people that were unvaccinated they were called murderers there were people saying that they should not only lose their jobs they should lose their children because they refuse to get vaccinated. And again, for the record, I talk about this all the time I'm just writing down new numbers as numbers of cases are going up here in Arizona, like everywhere else, I just do write them down every week just because I keep track. But we haven't talked much about COVID and the, it being a pandemic for a long time. But when you hear people talk about this and demonize others, that's the continuing narrative. And what they did to those people, what they did to the unvaccinated, and I'll be very clear, I am vaccinated and boosted. I got my two vaccines and I went and got a booster. So I did what I was asked to do. And they didn't tell me the truth like they didn't tell a lot of people the truth. And instead of the narrative being that, you should be able to make a choice based on true information. Imagine imagine another scenario where you went to see a physician and your physician thought something was in your best interest. So they lied to you about the information so that you agreed to do their course of action, to take their course of action because they believed it was in your best interest. But they lied to you with the information. You'd be very upset. There wouldn't be anybody out there that isn't. And we were not necessarily told the truth. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm none of those things. But I looked at the divide in this country because, again, I know people across the political spectrum – even within my own political belief system and political party. And there are people out there that you wouldn't, they don't have horns and, you know, they're not these crazy eyed people that are tinfoil hat wearers. These are reasonable people that say, I'm not taking a vaccine. I don't want to take a vaccine. And there's nothing wrong with that opinion. There were other people that were on the fence about whether or not to get a vaccine. Now, see, my, personally, I've, I've never gotten a flu vaccine. Um, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I've never taken the flu vaccine. Um, when I was a kid, my grandfather was very sick, and um, he suspected that the reason why he got sick was the vaccine that he took. And so I, I'd never taken a flu shot. 
I just don't do the flu shot. But I did the COVID vaccine. I did the COVID vaccine based on the medical advice of people I trust and the information that was out there about it stopping the spread of COVID-19. We were told by the White House, we were told by many other people that the way to stop the spread of COVID-19 is by getting vaccinated. And we know that people that get vaccinated are still getting COVID-19. So it doesn't prevent you from getting or spreading COVID-19. And that's fine. That doesn't mean that it's not an effective vaccine. There are a lot of vaccines out there that have side effects. How many people out there get a flu shot, still get the flu? So it's not, this isn't rare in that regard. It's the demonization of other people that I have the problem with. When you demonize people that disagree with you, I talk about marginalizing and demonizing. First, they're crazy. Then they're dangerous. And that's what happened. People that didn't want to wear masks were dangerous. They weren't just crazy. They weren't wrong. They were dangerous to society. People that decided they weren't going to take the vaccines. They weren't just crazy. They weren't just deniers. They were dangerous. They were killing people. And you have Dr. Fauci here saying it again from the podium at a White House press briefing, accusing them of killing people. The overwhelming number of people or, or, or demographic of people that have been seriously ill or died from COVID-19 are the oldest among us. It is fascinating. In the state of Arizona, here's the deal in Arizona. There have been over 22,000. We have the numbers 22,679 citizens in Arizona have died with COVID-19. Now, whether it's from COVID-19 or with it, these are people over the age of 65, 22,679. Under the age of 20, there have been 73 since we've been tracking these numbers. Which means there are 22,606 more people that have died over the age of 65 than under the age of 20. When it comes to hospitalization, since the tracking of COVID, we have had 5,584 people. Um, that are uh, that have gone to the hospital or been hospitalized with COVID nineteen. There are over there about ten times that amount at fifty three thousand three hundred forty over the age of sixty five. So. We took kids out of school. We locked them out. Parents were outraged. All of these things happened to us, to them, I should say, and to our children when they were the least susceptible to danger. And when parents spoke out about that, about masks in schools and otherwise, they were told that their children should be taken from them. That's the problem here. It's not what you believe. There is uh, the the famous actor and hip-hop artist Ice Cube said uh, there was a movie deal that he was supposed to do, and because he would not get vaccinated, he lost a $9 million movie deal. $9 million because he refused to get vaccinated. That's where our problem lies in this country. And, and I just hope we get over it and we can get along in some ways. In a moment, Gatos is going to join me. It's our Big Q poll question of the day. It happens in just a couple of moments. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Oh, Big Swole, happy Thanksgiving. You too, man. Where? Are, tell me you're going to get a haircut. Going to get my hair did. <laughs> For Thanksgiving. I got to look pretty. I got, I got 23 people coming over to the house. So I got to look pretty, man. All right. Okay. What time should I be there? <laughs> What time do you want to come? <laughs> let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, come about four, because dinner's at one. Okay, I'll be there. I can do the dishes. 
<laughs> are you uh, are you going back to Florida? No, I'm not. I'm going to hang out with my with my kids. So I'm going to hang out with the kids oh, and the grandkids. Great. Yeah, so I'm going to see the kids and the grandkids. Head out to Buckeye to my daughter's house. Very good, man. Yeah. Well, happy Thanksgiving, man. You too. You too. It, it's been a, it's been a crazy year, but um, I hope everybody gets a chance to relax and reflect, and it's a little break from the election and all the tension, and just enjoy people you love. You know. Heck yeah! I got a good question. You ready? I'm ready. What best describes your Thanksgiving? Got four options. All right. What best describes your Thanksgiving? Food, family, and football. Okay. Drumsticks, drama, and dessert. Uh huh. Pumpkin pie, prayers, and pals. Mm hmm. Or leftovers, love, and libations. Hmm, that's a great choice. Those are great choices. I know. I paid the wise man, Steve Zinsmeister, to do uh, the poll question for me so I didn't have to work today. Nice. Nice. I know. It only cost me 50 bucks, but I hope everybody goes and votes at KTAR.com. It's a fantastic one. I'm going food, family, and football. We got a ton of food. We got a ton of family coming over. And I'm watching two football games. Uh, I think it's Giants, Cowboys, and then Vikings, Patriots. Okay. Well, you know I'm that. Pretty sure that's it. Mine is food and family for sure. Except my kids do not like football, and neither are my grandkids. So I'm probably not going to get much football. Oh, that's an outrage! You got to change that, man. You got to make sure you got to start taking them to games or something. I, you got to you got to get them early into football. Dude. I know. I know. Listen, you're you're preaching to the choir. I just can't get them to do it. I, I love it, and but they. So what I'm probably going to do is I'm going to go over and I'm gonna I'm going to eat and probably then I'll leave. Not. Or really quickly, but I'll leave and catch what I can after. Yeah, that's the way to do it. You got to get a nap in there somewhere after yeah. having all that. Uh, what is it? Tryptophan? Is that what, yeah. they, what it is? Tryptophan yeah. in the. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm looking. Solid, and solid. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not traveling. I'm glad I'm not traveling this weekend. No, it's like 50 million people traveling, right? Yeah. Yep, and people no. driving on the roads. I mean, I, I, I just I like the holidays, but I, w- I wouldn't want to be sitting in traffic. I'm going to relax for the next couple of days. Try to yeah. chill. I don't, want, I don't want to sit at the airport. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I want to eat. I want to watch football, and then I want to un- unbuckle the top thing of my pants because I'm not going to be able to sit down if I don't do that. I just wear sweats. I just you wear sweats. Oh, you've given up. You've I have, given up. I've I given love up. it. Fantastic. <laughs> well, have a happy Thanksgiving, <laughs> man. Happy Thanksgiving, man. All right, that is Gatos, and the Big Q poll question of the day is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Go to KTAR.com. You can vote and see how other people have voted. Just after 9 o'clock, we're going to shift gears. We're going to talk a little bit about the economy, the potential for a rail strike, and congressional involvement. Will they get in? Will they intervene to try to stop a rail strike? It's a great question, and it may be necessary. We'll talk about it in a moment.